Building Inspection Commission. I would like to remind everyone to please mute yourself if you are not speaking. Uh, the first item on the agenda is roll call. President Beto. Here. Vice President Tam. Here. Commissioner Alexander Toot. Here. Commissioner Epler. Here. Commissioner Newman. Here. Commissioner Summer. Here. And the next we will have our land acknowledgement. The Building Inspection Commission acknowledges that we are on the unceded ancestral homeland of the Ramatusha Ohlone, who are the original inhabitants of the San Francisco Peninsula. As the indigenous stewards of this land and in accordance with their traditions, the Ramatusha Ohlone have never ceded, lost, nor forgotten their responsibilities as the caretakers of this place, as well as for all peoples who reside in their traditional territory. As guests, we recognize that we benefit from living and working on their traditional homeland. We wish to pay our respects by acknowledging the ancestors, elders, and relatives of the Ramatusha Ohlone community and by affirming their sovereign rights as First Peoples. Thank you, Commissioner Alexander Toot. The next item on the agenda is item two, findings to allow teleconference meetings under California Government Code Section 54953E, discussion and possible action, the commission will discuss and possibly adopt a resolution setting forth findings required under assembly bill 361 that would allow the BIC, the BIC to hold meetings or for commissioners to attend meetings when necessary remotely according to the modified brown act teleconferencing set forth in ab 361. is there a second second uh commissioner vice president tam your mic was off Motion to adopt the findings. And a second. Second. All in favor? Aye. Aye. And that motion passes. The next item is uh, item three, President's opening remarks. Thank you. Good morning to my fellow commissioners, to DBI and the public. Uh, two agenda items today are about issues that have been my focus as a, as a commissioner and president of the Building Inspection Commission. Understanding ways to streamline the permit process and the continued improvements the department makes to their processes to better serve its customers. Setting a reasonable expectation on timelines, understanding their path to approvals, how to follow up on permit status, but most of all the resource to collaborate when dealing with, with a design problem or question. This process should be viewed as a benefit to the applicant's design and construction thereof, not a bureaucratic headache. I look forward to our continued work together and want to pass the baton on to Director Or Reardon, who I understand is going to present something today. Um, thank you, President Beto, and good morning uh, to the commissioners. Uh, I'd like to, uh, and I'll probably move my way, move to the podium, uh, do a little presentation for Taurus Madison, who is moving on to a new and exciting chapter in her life. So, uh, Taurus, if you could join us at the podium. partner, uh, steady hand, uh, and uh, especially it, given the turbulent period that we've just uh, endured with COVID and moving to a new building and all the, all the challenges we've had. 
Um, Karis and I have worked together for uh, probably almost a decade now, and uh, I've always known her to be straightforward and definitely responsible with the DBI funds. And uh, she's truly, she was always truly committed to making our city a better place uh, for everyone, and I'm sure she will continue to, to, to do that. Um, uh, it would be hard to find anyone who is more thoughtful and careful with DBI finances than Taurus. And we are in a stronger financial position today due to her fine work and dedication. Please join me in recognizing the good work Taurus did for DBI. And we wish her the best of luck in her new endeavor. Taurus, I'd like to present you with um, this as a recognition for your service. Um, this message is for um, Taurus on behalf of uh, Secretary Sonia Harris and, and the Building Inspection Commission. Um, uh, she says she's known Taurus Madison and worked with her closely for the past 20 years. She has always, she, she was always the ever-present lead at the helm of uh, the smoothly running the finance ship. So it's been, it's going to be a bit strange that you're no longer there. However, your reputation for excellence and going by the book precedes you. Uh, Taurus has flawlessly presented finance updates and budget re uh, presentations for a multitude of commissioners over the years and has always been well prepared to answer tough questions. Uh, she has also represented the department very well and was a fierce advocate of protecting its finances when presenting to the mayor's office or board of supervisors. Uh, Sonia says it's always been a, a pleasure working with Taurus, and as her staff said that she was always a very supportive supervisor. Many people know Taurus as DBI's chief financial officer or deputy director of administrative services, but she knows um, Sonia knows her as her friend, and she will be truly missed. Uh, thank you, Taurus, for all you've done for DBI and all the great things you continue to do on behalf of our city. And this certificate is um, from the Building Inspection Commission. Well, um, thank you, everyone. I really do appreciate that. Um, I appreciate my time at DBI. I appreciate the support of the executive team, um, as well as my, co my colleagues. Um, but I really want to take, and of course the Building Inspection Commission, but I really want to take this opportunity to kind of say that this is, thank you, I appreciate being recognized, but this is really for the staff and admin and finance. They really are the behind the scenes people. So although I present to you every month or you see me, they're the ones that's working behind the scenes. So I really want to um, put a really special thank you to everyone in finance, in HR, in records management, as well as in MIS. Thank you very much. Thank you. So our next item on the agenda is 4B, update on major projects. So Monique, I think we need to do the director's report first. Am I right? And 
Oh, I'm sorry. I thought that we <laughs> that's what we were doing. Sorry. <laughs> uh, for director's report. For a director's update. Um, so I just want to start with um, stating that we have some big news for you today. Uh, Deputy Director of Permit Services, Neville Pereira, will present a new initiative to streamline the plan check process by introducing a new pre-plan check station where projects will be categorized by the time needed to review them and assigned to staff in a more manageable way. Uh, these are major operational improvements to our business that will create more certainty and clarity for our customers. I believe this will be one of the most important changes we make at DBI this year and look forward to rolling, rolling it out in the next uh, several we coming weeks. Um, you'll learn about more about it later in the meeting. Um, and moving on, I'd like to introduce our newest member of DBI, Chris Vergara, our new compliance manager. Chris, please stand up and wave. <laughs> So Chris's role is a critical component of our reforms initiative to make sure we meet all our commitments and requirements. He will help lead our reforms and will also work on internal audits and other programs for ensuring the integrity of our services. He will help the department uh, restore the public's trust. Chris comes to DBI from the Office of Economic and Workforce Development and we look forward to sharing his work with you in the weeks and months ahead. And um, just moving on then to our Small Business Ambassador Program. On Tuesday, we la launched the Small uh, Business Inspections Ambassador Program to help small businesses with any last mile issues that may come up just before the issuance of uh, occupancy, that being a, a temporary certificate of occupancy or a certificate of, of occup occupancy itself. Um, this will help small businesses open faster and obviously it will boost our local economy. Uh, we've added a dedicated page on our website uh, and announced a new program in an email to our custom customers already this week. And uh, another item we're uh, diligently working on is our uh, transition to uh, SFGov. Now, I believe President Beto, you asked for a brief update on our website transition to the SFGov platform. SF.gov is essentially one big city website designed to help people access city services quickly and easily. The pages are meant to provide clear instructions in English, Chinese, Spanish, and Filipino and are accessible to uh, the disabled. DBI's website is moving to the sf.gov platform and we're working hard to improve the information on our site. Permit services move to sf.gov is nearly complete and we're currently working on other service web pages and expect to move over to sf.gov completely by the end of the summer. Uh, thank you and that completes, uh, concludes my director's report. Thank you, Director. The next item is 4B, update on major projects. Okay. Um. We're just pulling up um, our slide deck. Um, just bear with us for a second.
good morning again, Commissioners. Today I'm happy to introduce some updates to our major projects report. The following slides are intended to highlight the volume and valuation of projects costing more than $5 million or more that are filed, issued, and completed, as well as to profile a few projects that bring especially high value in terms of their contribution to housing and community assets. We've also made some adjustments to the report more generally. Moving forward, the report will represent the last full calendar month and the number of units uh, presented is clarified to be the number of new housing units associated with the permit. So um, moving on to the next slide here. In May 2022, four permits, four permit applications with, um, can we have slide two, Alan, please? I believe, thank you. So in, in May of 2022, four permit applications with an estimated construction value of $5 million or more were filed with DBI. These projects are anticipated to add 458 new housing units and, co and they're collectively valued at over $266 million. This includes an application for 348 units in the Potrero Power Station development, which uh, it is valued at $175 million. Uh, there was also an application for uh, project at 2550 Irving um, in the Sunset District with uh, 90, 100% affordable units and a construction valuation on that of $50 million. We can have the next slide, Alan, please, thank you. Um, so last month we issued eight high value permits with a collective valuation of over $154 million. Uh, these projects are associated with 178 new housing units. Two notable permits include 344 14th Street, which will have 60 units. And then we have uh, 1501 Sunnydale, uh, which is part of the Hope SF redevelopment uh, of the Sunnydale public housing. And that will bring in uh, 90, 100% affordable units. So then moving on to slide four. Um, and lastly, DBI issues uh, uh, approvals for occupancy and signs off permit permits for uh, completion. For, um, for last month, we uh, signed off two of those projects. One was a major rehabilitation of an SRO building in the Tenderloin neighborhood. The other is 1028 Market Street, which brought in 186 new housing units. Um, 26 of which are below market rate. Together, these projects have a construction valuation of $65 million. Thank you very much. Thank you. Kudos on the slide. The next item on the agenda is uh, up, uh, 4C, update on DBI's finances. Good morning, President Buda and Commissioners. Christine Gasparic, Assistant Director of the Department of Building Inspection. Um, while we have a vacancy in our Deputy Director for Finance and Administration, I'll give you a brief update on the budget process. Slide two. 
Thank, thank you. Uh, Director Reardon presented the budget to the Board of Supervisors Budget and Finance Appropriations Committee on May 18th. Um, he went back a week later uh, to the board to confirm that the department is accepting the budget and legislative analyst recommendations. Uh, this is the same budget you saw before. I just included this for reference. Um, total budget equals 93.4 million for fiscal year 22-23 and 85.8 million for fiscal year 23-24. Uh, 22-23 budget includes a $3.8 million increase, and the uh, fiscal year 23-24 includes a $7.4 million decrease. Um, and that uh, fiscal year 23-24 budget is lower than the prior three fiscal year um, budgets. As we went over before, the revenues are increasing, a $7.4 million increase in charges for services. And that's our two uh, primary fee revenues. Building permits uh, went up 1.8 million, and plan check four million dollars. Um, they're both increasing from the pandemic level, but um, both remain lower th lower than pre-pandemic. Uh, and of course, due to low revenues, uh, the department is using fund balance and reserves to balance the budget, as well as some expenditure reductions to balance the budget. Uh, slide five. So the budget and uh, budget and legislative analyst recommendations. Um, the budget legislative analyst uh, recommended just under $419,000 in reductions for fiscal year 22-23, and $200,000 in ongoing reduction for uh, fiscal year 23-24. And as I said earlier, the department accepted those recommendations. Uh, the next steps are for the board of supervisors to approve the budget by August 1st. And thank you. That concludes my presentation. No questions. Thank you. Um, so, um, can you tell me what it means when, with the when we accept the? So we we gave a budget, and then did we receive these recommendations? And then, can you tell me what it means when we accepted them? Yeah, uh, we didn't challenge them. I, I think there's a process that if you um, don't agree with the recommendations, you can challenge them and. To negotiate a solution. Okay, and is that something that has to come back to us for review or approval, or is that something that I'm just in terms of process? W City Attorney, do you have an answer to that? Uh, w City Attorney Rob Capital, I believe the uh, commission approved the proposed budget to the mayor's office, and the department has uh, approved the revised negotiations. I don't think it goes back for a formal approval. Okay, thank you. And then, can you tell me what the is the attrition? Does that mean freezing those positions permanently, or does that just mean that because we didn't fill those positions, that's considered um, a savings for next year because it's likely that they won't be filled on July 1? So my understanding is that the attrition savings are from delayed hiring and not from eliminating the position. Okay, thank you. That's all my questions. Yes, just, uh, I know you mentioned Director O'Reard and presented this to the Board of Supervisors already. Was there any feedback? From the Board of Supervisors? Uh, not in particular as uh, relating to our numbers. 
they, uh, there was some discussion surrounding um, hiring and uh, if we were uh, uh, on track with uh, being able to hire enough people to give us the ability to, to do our, have the appropriate resources. And uh, you know we were able to demonstrate that we were uh, in the process of hiring several inspectors and other staff, and, and the board was happy to hear that. Thank you. I have one other question, Director Reardon. And your slide deck on the major project was very, very helpful. Thank um, you. But since uh, the correlation between the major projects and the finances is seeing how that's um, a graphic, something graphic to show how that's trending against other years because I think the, the thing that, um, to Deputy Director Gaspar's point, is that you're taking out of reserves and how are those projects coming in to affect that. So there's some way that we tie out projects, finances, and things like that. Um, is that something that we could we could do in the future so that we could see like how major projects are trending um, at DBI in terms of permits and revenues and that's primarily the yeah thing. certainly we can we can take a look at that and uh, hopefully come up with uh, a metric and be able to show you how this year compares with years <coughs> past I mean to me in, and I think you're nodding uh, De Deputy Gasparic but part of that effort is sort of managing how you're doing month to month, quarterly, you know, and uh, it's six months so that you know, like you're making adjustments throughout the year. So I think that just a tool, also a visual tool for the commission to be able to see. Yes, we, we will uh, look at that and uh, see if we can provide you with that uh, information. And I, I would add in the past, Deputy Director Madison would update the commission throughout the year on any changes to our budget projections based on, you know, increase in revenues. So I imagine that that will continue when we have our new deputy. Yeah, and I understand that you're <laughs> not, you're, you're, you're acting as a proxy, so. <laughs> as, you, as you've heard many times, it's like the graphics really help my, uh, help us understand like how things are moving, like how, how numbers correlate to, you know, uh, your operations. And if I may add, um, the new uh, slides that we did for the major projects, that was the work of our data analyst, our principal data analyst, Megan Walshui, um, who uh, put those together. And so thank, huge thank you to Megan for her work on that. Thank you. Any other questions, comments? No? Okay, thank you. Moving on to uh, item 4D, update on proposed or recently enacted state or local legislation. Thank you. <coughs> Speak into the mic, please. Sure. Awesome. Good morning, President Beto, Vice President Commissioners, my name is Ray Law. I'm the new Legislative Affairs Manager at DBI. Um, nice to meet everyone. Uh, today, I will be providing the state and local uh, legislative update with a short presentation highlighting a few items that I would like to bring them to your attention. 
The first piece is a local ordinance that was signed by the mayor in early May and went into effect earlier this month. As the subject line suggests, uh, the primary goal of this ordinance is to ensure uh, construction workers receive uh, their full paid and benefits. By adding Article 330 to the San Francisco Police Code to require owners of construction projects that create 10 or more residential units to maintain a surety bond for labor compliance for work on the project. In addition to the police code, what um, this ordinance also does is to amend the building code to make filing this bond with the controller's office a condition of receiving a permit for construction. In other words, DBI will not be able to issue uh, building permits to applicants with housing projects subject to this requirement unless a surety bond is filed and vetted by the Office of Controller in consultation with the Office of Labor Standards and Enforcement. Since May, DBI has been working diligently with our city partners to ensure all infrastructure and communication channels are in place for implementation. For example, a new routing station on the permit tracking system has been added to account for the approval from the controller's office. We will continue to work closely with our city partners um, to make uh, sure the implementation is smooth and that adjustments can be made if necessary. Next slide, please. So the next, uh, the next slide focuses on two state bills um, that are actively moving through the state legislature. The first piece is State Bill AB 916. This bill makes uh, changes to existing law governing accessory dueling units to allow for additional residential square footage on existing residential uh, properties. Another one is AB 2244. This bill requires a local agency to process residential housing permits in a specified time period depending on the size of uh, the housing project. This bill also requires a local agency to establish a digital permit system and develop model applications for reference. Both bills were passed by the Assembly and are currently in the, uh, in the Senate for further discussions and votes. That concludes my presentation, and I'll be happy to answer any questions that you may have. I have one question. Sure. Um, so does your presentation and, and synopsis there uh, capture we're looking at a 44-page document that's a, a supporting document. Does, are, do you, I, I presume you don't capture everything that's in this document. Is that is that something that we would That would actually pursue? Cap captures everything. It does? Okay. Yeah, it does. And I believe in addition to the 44-page update uh, for state bills, yeah. we also have a document capturing local ordinance uh, that was recently passed. And the first slide... Uh, focuses on that one, the wage map ordinance. Repeat the last part again. Sure. So the first line is a local ordinance that was signed by the mayor in early May and went into effect in uh, early June. Okay. So that it's separate and distinct from the 44-page update for state bills. Okay. That's all my questions. Thank you. Thanks, everyone. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, the next item on the agenda is 4E, update on code enforcement. I'm just waiting for the slide deck. Good morning, commissioners. Uh, today I'm happy to 
to introduce a new visual format for our inspection services update. That was formally titled our code enforcement update, which should show uh, more clearly uh, convey trends in the volume and timeliness of our work and inspection services. We will now include inspection data from our electrical and plumbing divisions along with our building inspection division data. So in May of 2022, our building, electrical, and plumbing divisions conducted nearly 11,000 inspections. 91% of these inspections were conducted within two business days of the date requested by the customer, meeting our target of 90%. Next slide. In the same month, our housing inspection services conducted 631 inspections, with 102 of them being our uh, routine inspections of uh, multifamily housing. There has been an upward trend in the number of, of our uh, routine housing inspections conducted uh, this year, and we expect to return to our uh, pre-pandemic uh, inspection activities soon. The next slide is uh, our building electrical and plumbing divisions received 446 complaints and responded to 98% of them within three business days, which is well exceeding our target of 85%. Additionally, our code enforcement division abated 118 complaints with notices of violation, and we sent 91 cases for director's hearing. Um, the next slide. Lastly, our housing inspection services received 264 non-life hazard complaints and responded to 91% of them within three business days. For life safety and, and heat complaints, housing received 32 complaints and responded to 78% of them within one business day. Housing inspection services also abated 244 cases with, with uh, notices of violation, and they sent 36 cases for a director's hearing. I think in the next fiscal year, we'll be taking a deep dive into our housing inspection data to improve our data collection processes and to refine our, our performance measures for the division. We will provide updates as this work develops. That concludes uh, my update, and I'm available for any questions. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, actually, I do have a question. Sorry, I was looking to my fellow commissioners if they had any. None. Um, there are a couple. Oh, after after all, okay. Um, could we bring up the slides again? I just have a couple of questions where the graph kind of spike. And and by the way, these uh, slide decks are incredibly helpful and. As a president who's also the architect, I think that that's been incredibly useful. So this one has, that one I think you talked about uh, before, and the December spike makes sense on the heat complaints. There was another one, if it was prior to this, this one. Uh, there was a pretty significant spike in April. I'm just curious what your thoughts are on that. That's a number that, can never predict it. It's okay. just, it, you know, we, we take complaints as we get them. We okay. get them from multiple sources, and some months are busy and some aren't. There's no way of knowing that. The winter months, when we get the stormy season, you know, December, January, and the heat complaints you saw with housing, similarly to um, building, we'll get a lot of water going over property lines, uh, people's drains blocking. But I don't know in April what that was, but there isn't really any reason, particular reason for it. Okay, it just seemed to break a, th a pretty high threshold in the yeah. other. So that, that's fine. I was just looking at for some of the... And then could you go... Is there another one? That, that's not... An, and go forward. I think that was the 
think that was the only question that I had with him. Commissioner Albert. Thank you, President Beto. Um, quick question on the uh, responsiveness on the life hazard and heat. I mean, we're doing great work across the board, it looks like. This is the only one where, I mean, it seems like it's close to the lowest to hit the target, and it's the one that has the highest target. And I know you mentioned uh, trying to get um, a little better data collection. Um, is there any other reason why this seems to be the type of inspection where we're, you know, going, not able to, to get as high of a responsiveness rate? Um, very good question. And I think the 78% within one business days, in my opinion, I think what that we, we, we were looking at that threshold, and I think it's, it's 100%, and I don't think anybody can ever meet 100%. So if it's 78% within one day, I would say it's 100% within two to three days. So, you know, we with that 78% within one business day, it's pretty good because sometimes even when we get a complaint, just to even contact someone to get out there, it takes a couple of days. So, um, you know, there isn't there isn't any reason for it. But we all, we're always focused on those. We, they are, and, and like I see the emails coming in, I see the... The, the, like the response from housing inspection services to those, it's it's almost immediate. And I see that someone will be out this afternoon, someone will be out the next day. So, you know, um, I think we can always improve, but um, I think it's, it's I think the problem was there in that it's just set very, very high. And then when you don't meet it, you're kind of shooting yourself in the foot, so to speak. So you're saying basically that 95% within two days yes. is a much better metric. Got it. Okay. And the that metric is being worked on. That's why we mentioned there at the end where we are, we are going to change that a little bit. Great. Thank so, you for uh, that additional uh, yeah. color on that. Thanks, commissioners, for your questions. Uh, I have one more. Does, do my fellow commissioners yeah. have any? <clears throat> um, I understand that you don't have the graphic for the housing inspection, and I don't. I, I guess you wouldn't probably speak to that. Uh, well, I cannot try to answer uh, any questions on housing, but I think that that might be something for the chief housing inspector yeah. to be here for a future meeting. Uh, do we anticipate that he would present next month? Uh, if, if if you so desire, President Beto or Commissioners, we can ask him to present and and uh, you know talk about these things. Yeah, I think that would be good to put that on the agenda. Okay, no problem. Thank, thank you. you, Commissioners. And on the work for the graph for the graphs and stuff again, Megan, I'd like to thank Megan for her work on this. It's been outstanding as always. Thank you so much. A Megan, question. can you wave to everyone so everyone <laughs> knows who you are? Thank you. Thank you, Megan. Just a quick question to to my fellow commissioners, though. Like, it, when I said next month, do we? I think that's something we'd want month. Like, we, let's look at next month. But is that something we'd want monthly from the housing inspection? Yeah. Those are all my questions. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. And it's just a as a reminder for public co uh, com comment. Call-in number is 1415-655-0001. And the access code is 2492-907-1057. To raise your hand for public comment on a specific agenda item, press star three when prompted by the meeting moderator. Thank you. Good morning, my name is Jerry Drantler. I've noticed that um, on some projects, where there appears to be code compliance questions. I've noticed that on when I look at the building permit, the inspectors are not pre-scheduling their visits. So I'm wondering, one, why does this happen? 
And two, are these inspections in the code enforcement performance numbers? And three, might it be a good idea to report um, that percentage of EBI inspections that are not pre-scheduled because um, that potentially could indicate um, there's a problem. Thank you very much. Thank you for your comments. Is there any other public comment for item four, A through E? Any uh, virtual, any hands raised? Okay, so we'll move on to item five, general public comment. The BIC will take public comment on matters within the commission's jurisdiction that are, oh, I'm sorry, oh, okay, go ahead. Okay, I'll finish reading the item for the commission's jurisdiction that are not part of this agenda. So we'll take public comment that's in-house first. Good morning, my name is Jerry Durantler. Later this year, the BIC will be required to submit the BIC annual report to the Board of Supervisors. Many of the BIC commissioners are new and may not be aware of this requirement. There are many challenges facing the BIC, and I hope you're working on them, and you will be addressing them in the BIC annual report. I'd like to review a few of them. Uh, a formal response to the controller's report from September of 2021 that addresses the changes that have been implemented at DBI to address the weaknesses identified in the report. The BIC's long-term plan for addressing the annual $30 million operating deficit. The plan should include a timeline for proposed changes. Three, a discussion of the specific processes and system changes implemented this year at DBI to address the corruption problems identified by the local media. And four, a release date for the promised report on the Bernie Curran projects that have uh, life safety issues. Thank you very much. Thank you. Are there any other general public comments? Okay. Holly, you're unmuted. Oh, good morning. Thank you, Ms. Jones. Uh, good morning, Commissioners. This is Georgia Shudish. I just have a quick question, and I wondered if anything has been going on with information sheet EGO2, that's about the egress uh, in um, the uh, R2 uh, occupancies, the, you know, single family and uh, two-unit buildings. So I just wondered, I haven't seen anything on any of the code advisory agendas or anything or in front of your commission, and I just wondered uh, what was happening with that sheet that needed to be revised per the um, California State uh, Fire Marshal. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. Take care. Thank you, caller. Are there any other uh, public comment, general public comment? So we'll move on to item six, discussion regarding the permit center its function in the city's permitting process, operations, and initiatives. Uh, 
make sure to speak into the mic. Good morning, uh, commissioners. Thank you for inviting uh, me to speak on uh, the functions of the permit center. Uh, next slide, please. Madam Secretary, could you, could, oh, well, could you please introduce yourself? Oh, yeah, yes, sorry. When trying to time things with my slide deck. So um, my name is Rebecca Mayer. I'm the director of the Permit Center. We're having some technical issues. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for your patience. Um, so again, my name is Rebecca Mayer. I'm the director of the Permit Center. Um, the Permit Center actually was born out of a construction project of, um, from build of 49 South Bend S. The project began as, a real as really solely a real estate project to collapse uh, leases for buildings across San Francisco and move departments closer together. It became clear that an opportunity was presenting itself as we started moving the departments together, that we might actually be able to look at our processes and create some efficiencies across the departments themselves. So in 2018, the Permit Center team was created, and a vision and a mission were created with, the, um, with input from the mayor, the city administrator, the controller, and the reg regulatory stakeholders. And so um, this slide shows you in orange, sort of bright orange, all of the departments in the Permit Center. In yellow are our um, stakeholder departments that are not co-located in level two at 49 South Bend S. 
but we all share in the same vision of creating permitting processes that are friendly, efficient, and streamlined, and we're working towards that goal. Uh, next slide. So the Permit Center is a one-stop shop, um, but it's also a team of people, and it's also a set of principles about how we can provide and deliver services to our constituents. As a place, the Permit Center creates a one-stop shop where a business or a constituent, an individual, can receive uh, services. Prior to 49 South Venice opening, a customer would have to travel in and around um, Civic Center to receive their services. So the previous slide, all those little um, siloed domains were across different buildings. Um, some of them as far down as the financial district. So really, the traveling to get you know, your restaurant permitted could include 12 stops along the way through the journey of your creation. Um, so we've co-located 10 of those experiences on level two of 49 South Venice. Um, in addition, the Permit Center team delivers friendly, uh, efficient, and streamlined in-person customer experiences. So we have a team of eight um, customer service reps and then some supervision and managers over them that are there every day to greet people. Um, and make sure that they go to the right place in the permit center and sit with the right department. And if they don't know what services they need, we help them understand that and make sure that they're queued in the appropriate order to see people. Um, our team has created uh, services to help make that process much more transparent than it was before. So you know when you enter the permit center, actually even before you get there, how long it's gonna take to see somebody. So you can decide if you want to wait inside or if you want to get a cup of coffee and come back in an hour when somebody will be available to see you. Um, the team also has a handful of analysts on it and we're creating uh, policy and products and processes to make all of these, um, all of these services easier to navigate. And then there's you know, the principles that are sitting underneath all of the work that we do. And these are things that have been developed uh, in collaboration with all of our department stakeholders. So creating, or striving to create end-to-end -end services. So not asking a constituent to fill a form out 10 times for a single creation of a restaurant, or really understanding how we're connected. Um, and so again, we offer construction business and special event services. We have departments involved in all of those pieces um, on the floor Monday through Friday. And again, really working towards a vision of being friendly and efficient and streamlined in how we approach our work. Uh, next slide, please. Um, I quickly wanted to share the organi organization structure. I know this is confusing for a lot of people. Um, so the Permit Center, is not, we are not a regulatory agency. We don't issue permits, um, but we do provide services. Uh, next slide. So Permit Center sits within the city administrator's office, so we're not DBI, um, and we don't report up to DBI, as I think a lot of people often believe um, or feel, because DBI makes up a lot of the floor. We are part of the city administrator's office, and we have a charter um, that has been adopted, again, by all of our stakeholder departments. So we have agreement on how we're gonna work together and the things that we want to do together and approach. 
can't find this. And I tried after that. All right, um, so let's talk about the services that we offer. Um, the Permit Center team does a lot. We are small and mighty. Um, we do end-to-end -end experiences for customer service, and what that means specifically is we have programs uh, such as uh, we're working on to con consolidate emails and voicemails across the department. We are, our vision, hope, goal, belief is that customers should be able to not have to know where they need to ask a question. If they just want to know, how do I open up a restaurant? How do I get a building permit? We have created a space where they can just send a generic question, and we'll figure it out for them. Um, so we work with the agencies to build knowledge bases so that we can pull information and answer general questions. Our hope is to remove a lot of low-hanging fruit off of department's plates so that expert you know, expert staff that do that are engineers and do plan review and are specialists in permit services can do that specialized work and we can ask and answer the we can answer the basic questions for them. Um, again, part of centralized customer service is also having one team on the floor that represents all ten agencies so we can move a customer around to any any desk on the floor. We have ninety one uh, stations that uh, 91 stations, it's about, you know, really on a daily basis, we have about 100 people in the permit center and we're moving customers around to the right place. We don't want anybody to get lost. Uh, we have a print center that opened up earlier this year. So paper is still part of our experience. Uh, we're working to eliminate that and we'll talk about that later in the deck. But for now, paper, we need paper to do certain types of permitting. So. Customers can send a set of construction plans into the permit center the night before. Um, we have many, most of our experience actually is that uh, the largest percentage of work are our customers coming in in the morning to grab their plans and start their OTC routing on the floor. If during the course of the day, one of the departments asks them to make a revision, they can revise those plans, walk over to the print center, get a new set and slip sheet those into their project and finish up that day. So we've created the ability for a business or constituent customer to have, you know, they can finish their permitting in a single day if they want. We've put all those services on the floor for them. Um, we are managing centralized, uh, centralized cashiering for the floor. Um, so all of the departments that do not have a modern payment system, so that's everybody but DBI, is uh, consolidating into a cash sharing system that we're rolling out right now. There are payment kiosks on the floor that take cash, credit card, and check. Um, provide cash, and we manage that on behalf of those departments. Uh, and then there are some bigger things around strategy. We have a group that was created last fall that works across the departments to create our portfolio of work, strategic projects, that are going to drive efficiencies across the departments. And we meet monthly to talk about new initiatives. Um, an example would be um, AB 2234 and the changes that are needed to implement that. And so we'll partner with uh, key departments like the controller's office to look for additional resources, digital services, um, data SF and then engage with the departments to help define business problems and find solutions to those complex problems for them. 
And then um, lastly, operational support. So there's just things that we have to do because we manage a floor day to day. So health and safety, uh, the key management system, getting the video displays around the floor up and running, keeping the network going. Next slide, please. Um, just a quick visual on data. So this is what uh, the floor looks like right now. Um, the pie chart represents the participation and how the counters are stacked. Uh, so about 70, you know, little 74% of the floor is DVI. Um, they're the largest uh, presence on the floor. And then in-person services uh, matches that also. So their majority of work happening right now is around OTC permitting. Next slide, please. Uh, just a quick timeline visual to show you how we got here. Again, the Permit Center team and the Permit Center idea really started in 2018. Um, when it became clear that moving all of these departments together was presenting um, an opportunity and honestly a need. We didn't want to just co-locate departments and not address some of the underlying customer service issues that were going to surface when you moved people together. So somebody needed to help manage the floor traffic and build systems across the departments to help manage um, what was going to happen. Uh, we, you know, managed through the pandemic. We've been present uh, in the building. We were the first tenant to move in to the building before DVI and prepped and got everything ready to transition the parking lot OTC permitting into the building. Um, worked closely with network teams to get computers ready to deal with the pandemic tr transition, created scheduling systems. So we are here, it's, I think it's an example of where we'll flex to help the departments um, based on need. And, you know, it's a group of professionals that have, um, that have experience in delivery and customer service, so we're uniquely qualified to, you know, to deal with some of the issues that have been coming up. Um, and next slide, please. This is just a quick snapshot of different initiatives we've worked on. Um, I won't go into it a lot, but gives you a sense and flavor of the diversity of work that our team is delivering on. Um, again, we do this in partnership with other agencies such as Digital Services, Data SF, City Performance, um, and our customers are all of the stakeholder departments. And uh, last slide, please. Um, and so we thrive on feedback. So we need to know how we're doing. We need to know if things are working. Um, we're committed to continuous improvement. And so uh, we have a generic email that we try to um, advertise as much as we can in as many places as we can so customers know how to get in contact with us and share their feedback. And that feedback then is passed on to departments or may um, uh, evolve into a project that comes up through our strategic planning group. Thank you. Commissioners, questions and comments? I want to open this up to my fellow commissioners. What are your measures for success? So because our, because our catalog is large, um, it's different things. So we have set some, uh, we've ha we do have some baseline uh, 
KPIs around in-person services, um, really monitoring when wait times are exceeding, you know, we start getting alerts around 30 minutes, but when wait times start exceeding 60 minutes, we start working closely with departments to understand what's happening and see if we can con control that or do anything about that. So in person, um, again, it's around wait times. Uh, in the digital realm, we're just starting there. So we will start trying to decide where the right, where the right metrics are around digital submissions. Um, in agreement largely with DBI to understand control, like how much paper can we turn off and how much digital can we turn on. So I think that's a TBD right now, to be honest. I think a lot of what we're dealing is so new. We're not coming in with the ability to say, this is gonna be our, measure, our measurement for success in terms of a, a hard percentage. We're learning as we go along. Um, data is a problem for us, because there just isn't a lot of rich data to draw on to be able to say immediately, here's where the improvements are across the departments. Individually, we can look at department by department by department, but aggregating it to create that holistic picture is an initiative we're taking on this year so that we can establish those KPIs. And that's actually something on the roadmap to do with city performance, the controller's office this year, to set some real KPIs for the permit center. But for now, it's, it's largely around the in-person and making sure that customers aren't waiting a long time and aren't getting lost. So how long is On average, it's about 12 minutes. Yeah. Um, we take in about 200 customers a day, give or take 20. Um, I think we're, uh, it was on that bar graph, I think we do about 600 services. And that's 220 unique customers. So we have made some policy changes. Um, Different than 1660, uh, customer can only submit one project at a time, or they can only do plan review one at a time. They could submit two projects, but they have to get in line to do plan review each time. Um, and that allows there to be some fairness for every customer so they all have their shot at getting to see somebody that day. Um, and so as a result, so. We have about 220 unique customers, but customers getting in line actually doubles, and it uh, hovers around about 400 a day. Any other questions? Yes. Well, first of all, I, thank you for the presentation. Um, I think, you know, I've, I've been getting a lot of feedback, not just with DBI and the, the smooth and, and, you know, access to digital the digital platform that DBI is building, but at the same time, I've been hearing a lot of great things about the Permit Center. I used to be a restaurateur, and running through to the Permit's Health and all the different departments, <laughs> it was frustrating. So this is a huge, huge um, progress. Um, I, I think the key word that, that you, you utilize was efficiency across all the departments. And so thank you for, for that, and thank, thank you to the departments for your continued you know, collaboration here in, in building a better product for our users. Thank you. Commissioner Epler. Thank you. Um, I had the opportunity to take a brief tour of the Permit Center when I did my DBI tour, and, you know, it was intuitive, and, you know, for, for you know, a layperson like myself to see and understand, and I can imagine the process is, is much improved, and so it looks like it's going, you know, extraordinarily well. Um, my question is, you know, there's a handful of agencies that aren't in the Permit Center, and I certainly understand that some of them are a little bit more specialized, and there may be things that they want to keep in-house, but 
are there any kind of low-hanging fruit permits that are highly correlated to the other stuff that goes into the permit center that those agencies may be able to staff a desk for, and are those conversations ongoing, or what's the status with them? Um, it's, that's a great question. Yeah, you're correct. So um, I think a good example is the Mayor's Office on Disabilities. We're actively talking to them to create some office hours. Um, they don't have a high volume of permits, so the departments that aren't there really represent uh, agencies that have, they're involved in permitting, but they're not, they don't have, you know, Monday through Friday type of traffic flow happening. But, but a good example is MOD again. And so we're talking about setting up staff hours for them um, and possibly a virtual queue so that they have a presence and can answer some questions. That's similar to the other agencies that are in the chart that were in yellow. Um, it's trying to figure out how to right size so that we don't affect their operational staffing where they are but still create a presence for customers. What we, are, what we do do though, um, to sort of bridge that gap, is we partner closely, closely with those departments. We have them present at our monthly meetings so that we're building education and awareness across all the departments so that you understand how to engage with these departments if they're not there. Um, and then also we build up knowledge base resources within our own team so that if customers have questions, we can help them. We have a number of public service computers on the floor, so um, an agency like MOD, you don't actually need to see them to start your permitting process. So we know how to walk you over to a public service computer and, and get that started for you. Or the tax collector is another great example. Um, we've worked closely to create and learn about their, or create a partnership and learn about their resources. So if you start your DBI building permit process and you get stuck at intake because you haven't paid your business registration, we know how to navigate you through their systems and get that cleared for you. Um, and then the tax collector is on standby on a chat, ready to clear the deficiency and give intake the green light to go ahead and move them through the process and get them issued. That's great. Thank you. Commissioner Um Yes. Uh, thank you for your presentation. And like my fellow commissioners, much appreciation for the work you are doing, the vision, and also the implementation. Um, I specifically want to call out the um, the uh, assignment, the kind of random assignment of permit checkers. I know that that solved a couple different problems, um, and so that was just really refreshing <laughs> to have, like you know, um, someone else have have thought of such a great solution and already being being implemented by the you know when we, when we heard about it. So. Um, I, I appreciate that very much, and thank you. Uh, my question is, I hear a lot of kind of concerns or complaints from mostly like homeowners or small, you know, kind of the smaller, like I only do this thing once every 15 years, you know, kind of permit um, holders or seekers of, I, I come in, I get my permit, and then I find, I, I'm checking in to see where it goes, and whoops, I, it went to a different department I didn't even know. Is that kind of experience still happening? Um, is that something that the permit center can help with, or is that something that is really a best uh, a practice within the departments for kind of notifying permit holders or permit seekers when something starts in one um, department and kind of gets routed some somewhere else? Yeah, it's uh, so. I would like to say and, and hope um, that in the construction realm, it's gotten better. There are you know. It was part of the earlier update. So the website updates, I think, are helping. We're partnering closely with Patrick Hannon um, in DBI to make sure that we're thinking about 
content that spans the departments um, because DBI, you know, anchors the building permit process, but usually where you get lost is once you leave them yeah. and knowing where to go next. And so uh, they've done a, DBI has done a great job at creating some streamlined resources and information around the building permit piece. Um, but you're right, I think if you're, if you don't speak the, the lingo of building permits, it can be challenging. Um, we're trying to write content that is more user friendly it is a little bit, you know, it's a partnership project, right, to, and continually something that we'll look at with digital services who's teaching us how to talk constituent, mm -hmm. um, where I, I think for many years we thought we could do it and we're really learning from service designers that we can do it better. But, um, you know, the process is underway. This year we would like to focus on businesses mm -hmm. and start doing some of the good work that has already started um, with OTC permits and then in-house permit content to write better business content um, and to partner closely with OSB and OEWD to see how we streamline that information um, and sort of evolve the business portal so that, uh, so that you know, a, a non-expert business can navigate the process as well. Thank you. I just wanna say, I, one thing that's exciting to me is that every time we have a meeting, there's so much growth and so much change and like, um, it's nice to see that the whole city family is really looking at this together. So thank you. Thank you. Do, do, do any other commissioners have questions? I have a few questions. Okay. <laughs> I'm ready. Um, one of them is, so is your tracking, is your software tied to the DBI website? It is, is not. It okay. is not. So we, are, we have independent systems um, on our roadmap yeah. is to get a, con we are, we have a consultant coming in, that project has kicked off this week actually, to look at our architecture, um, our technology architecture and infrastructure to better understand what we need to do to be more unified with our information and our data. All of the systems are disconnected. So that, that first image I had with the database silos, I mean that's actually how, that is the architecture. Every department is its department and very little of it is connected. So they don't speak to each other at all? No, not back and forth. I think there, there are some batch updates that happen between departments. There are some data exchanges and file exchanges, but real-time APIs that span all of those databases, it, it does not exist. There's a little bit of work that has happened on the tax collector side, obviously with the assessor because the role happens there. They have another program around unsecured personal property, so that's a little more automated. And then the tax collector works closely with uh, the Department of Public Health. But along the construction lines, there's not a lot of integrated solutions. Um, Bluebeam is probably the cl uh, closest thing that we have for electronic plan review, but that's pretty manual. So the Bluebeam, like the Bluebeam session you're talking about is when um, that, docu that, that document could be shared across different departments and their... Right, exactly. Okay. So. Um, the intake process starts at DBI, um, and DBI sort of facilitates getting those documents into Bluebeam and ready to then invite all of those departments in that are involved in the review, mm -hmm. and then inviting the customer in um, when the time is right for them to also do the review. And so, so for digital plans, we can look at them all together within Bluebeam. So let's just be, so the, the, the thing that she's talking about is for an in-house uh, intake Correct. In-house review, 
And just to, just to to preface my questions, everything I've heard, like, and it's anecdotal, just like a lot of my fellow commissioners about the permits that are over the counter has been what you know leaps and bounds that that they've had a good experience and improvements have been you know expressed about the level of customer service and expediency. But the things that you're talking about, where you have to have an understanding of the workflow between the different departments and that permit tracking and that blue that blue beam session is the only place that an applicant can see how their permit is basically being processed through the the uh, DBI which covers some of the technical review but other departments like fire or public works you're saying that blue beam session is the only place so when when they're organizing that are all the departments can look at that, and Bluebeam session allows you to comment or review those simultaneously. Yes. So if that's the case, then there are they all? They are all invited at the same time. Is that correct? Yes. All the departments are invited at the same time that are in that review session. Um, I would say also the uh, PTS itself. So the comments, which the routing and the comments, which are publicly available, um, that information exists for the customers as well. And so as departments are doing the review, they should be making, and usually, you know, usually make comments. I think we're working with them to standardize lingo to make that easier to understand. But you should be able to see information in both the public view of PTS and in Bluebeam at a detailed level against your construction plans. So in PTS, do you see, like, you can see comments in the Bluebeam session, but in PTS, can you see if, like, fire is done with their Yes. Not all of them are. Okay. You can see if fire has started their review and if they finished their review or if they're requesting revisions. That information should be in the publicly available view of uh, the permit tracking system. So in linking all those different departments, what are you looking for in your, in your, in your software? You know, it's a great question. That's why we've, we've hired a consultant, I'll be honest. I mean, it's a, in other jurisdictions, we see there's usually one behemoth system that tethers everybody together. I think we've, that ship has sailed for San Francisco because people have made uh, purchases and are modernizing right now. So we're probably looking at something that creates a middleware solution over, uh, you know, across all of the, those different databases where we're aggregating data together um, and then, you know, creating, and then probably creating a workflow engine or a services engine that allows us to move information in and between people. Uh, you know, our, our goal is to create transparency both internally and externally, really starting internally, because we want departments to be able to manage and plan and predict what their work is going to be coming from DBI um, or coming from the tax collector, honestly, because that's where businesses start. So it's, but it is probably some type of middleware services and data solution, but we're bringing in architects to look at that for us and understand what the existing um, inventory of technology is and then give us a good consult on how, you know, what that would look like and what, it's, what it would take to implement something like that. So that's a pretty big deal. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, given, and we don't need to rehash history, but given the past history of the permit tracking system, that uh, the Permit Center is relaunching that. I mean, that's, that's something I think as, as a commission we'd want to hear, you know, updates about. Yeah, happy to share. I mean, I would um, want to make sure that there's clarity around uh, the different initiatives. So there's the replacement of the permit tracking system, 
um, and that is one initiative that DBI will manage with their you know stakeholders that are involved with them there. Um, uh, we hope to be a part of those conversations. Uh, and then there is another initiative that's bigger than that, and it's to take all of the pieces and connect them also. Um, and that's that's the thing that lives within the permit center is how do I make everybody's system talk and how do I aggregate everybody's data and how do we create transparency for customers and internal staff. And that's gonna happen whether, you know, wherever DBI is within their journey of replacing PTS, we're still going to have to figure out how to do this because we need everybody's data and I need to make it work with the tax collector data and I need to make it work with, you know, assessment information. So, it, but still big, probably you know, bigger, but it, DBI has one project and then I have an overarching project on top of that. But your two, your, your platforms have to speak to each other. They do have to speak to each other, but I think, you know, to be honest, we're coming into a situation where we're, we have some really old tech that's older than DBI's. That has to be part of this also. Um, so we're gonna have to figure out how to make everything work and ev we're gonna tether everything together. Um, and it'll take a, you know, it'll, take some force um, and a lot of data cleanup. But yeah, we, we have to make sure that our systems talk to each other. Just like we need to make sure that PTS can talk to public works and yep. can talk to you know the new public works system and the new Department of Health system. So there's a lot of, th this technology journey is happening for everybody. And we're trying at the same time to, you know, we're laying down the track, but the trains, many trains have left the station but we're trying to lay down the track in front of them quickly. So how does that disconnect right now? Like the fact that you don't have, like you're implementing a platform and I understand that that is a business platform for all the, I mean, and I'm not a software person, so I, I, I'm talking way out of my uh, depth here, but how does that affect a customer's experience when you don't have the ability to aggregate information from different departments? Like fortunately DBI has a lot of, like covers a lot of, you know, uh, interdepartmental review between mechanical experts, but other departments that have to work in tandem with, them, tandem with them, how does not having that platform that in place affect a customer's experience? I mean, I think one of them would be like some of the things you're talking about, how you create an invoice that's, you know, that calls together information from all these departments, which usually probably affects the work, the level of effort that was done on that, on that project or that yeah, so, the, so that's the experience today, unfortunately, for a customer, right? They don't know, um, we talk about it in terms of a project versus a permit. And so a customer has to know about where all of their permits are being, are, you know, are being issued, from, from where are they being issued. And what we can't say right now as a city is what's happening with your project, though. So um, if Commissioner Tam you know, in his days was applying for, a, you know, was building a new restaurant space out, he would have had to know, or his, you know, whoever he was working with would have to have known, you start at DBI, and it would mean these 10 things in the routing. But also, once that's done, did you remember to get your business license? Because you should have started there. That should have been the first thing, but you probably didn't, and that's okay, because it's confusing. And you still have operational permits. Um, and that's the experience today. You have to know who are you engaging with so that you can see the status of each thing. We are trying to, 
we're trying to shift that. You just talk about project. Um, and so we're doing some initial uh, data cleanup right now. Very exciting. Um, Megan's behind me. You know, we can call out Megan one more time for helping us with this. But we are trying to add business account numbers, so the business license number, to permit uh, applications, OTC permit projects, because we want to see how many businesses are operating that come in for a permit. Um, are they there yet in that journey, or are they just building spaces? But so absent having a platform, we're still doing some of this work um, so with a lot of muscle. Yeah, it's just a lot harder. Yeah, right. But you know, it's but this is this is the journey of this is the journey. So you start with the really messy stuff, and we'll get it into a place where we can repurpose and use it again. Um, again, working very closely with the Department of Building Inspection um, and their data team. Megan is great in giving us good ideas on where to store things um, and where we can preserve this work and information that we're doing. So then the next thing will be, let's build on that. What would be the next thing after that? Is it public works information? Is it more planning information? Is it something else? But So we're, we're starting the work absent platform. Um, and we'll put it in temporary places. And hopefully by early fall, we have an idea or we have some options on where we want to go so that we can then do the next part of the journey, which is budgeting for it and asking for sponsorship and you know, really trying to figure out how do we build it together, if we want to build it together. Well, DBI is 75% of your business. So I mean, how do you function if you don't work if you're not able to work in concert together? So DBI is 75% of the in-person. Um, and, you know, but business, business permitting is a different, it's different. It's happening yeah. not in person. It's happening behind the scenes. And they're also a large stakeholder for the work that we do. But um, we do want to work together. But it is a collective decision. We need all of the executives bought into this idea of creating end-to-end -end experiences. We need to know that we have the resources and the funding and the capabilities to do it. Because um, it's not a, it, they're not turnkey projects. They will take us time to do. So we have to find the right time to get them initiated and, and move them forward. But I think everybody's bought into the idea of what we're trying to do. We just need to find the right moment and time to get it done. No, I mean, when I first joined the commission last year, I read through the Acela report, and I th that report really outlines how complicated this platform and, and the endeavor you're taking on. This is not a this is a really big, big effort, and it takes time to implement that. Um, but I'm assuming that's sort of in in line with that, you know, something that didn't we that was abandoned, and you're pursuing something else in lieu of that. Is that is that a, a correct? Uh, no, I mean, the Acela project is, that that is an initiative that DBI will take on, and that's the next chapter for them, whatever, whatever oh, so it is. Oh, so that was strictly for DBI. Yeah, that's okay. just DBI. Yeah. The thing that we're building, in, in some ways, is, sorry, Patrick, is probably easier, because I don't need to build in all of the processes. <laughs> sorry. Yeah, I mean, sorry, I, what I need to do is tether everybody's data together. Okay. And in most cases, the departments have done a good job at storing the permit application number in their system so that we have a footprint about DBI in other agencies already. Um, and the business account number, which is the other big one for businesses, that's stored in many places. So we have a good starting point. It's not perfect, but it's, you know, it, 
people have been thinking about this for a while. I think they just didn't know why they were doing it exactly or where we were headed, but the vision is starting to come into focus. And so we want to tether the data together so that we can tell the story of how long does it take for a project to get completed, Full, you know, a restaurant fully end-to-end. -end. And some of this work has started already with Prop H, um, the 30-day business efficiency project. So there's a handful of, of data there and records that we can draw on. But it's creating that, you know, really seamless, apply in one place, aggregate the data, tell a business ahead, of, be able to tell a business ahead of time um, for predictability purposes. This is what you need to do. This is what you need to be prepared for. This is how much capital you need before you ever get to open up your doors. Well, thank you for having a ca candid conversation with the commission on this. This is incredibly helpful. The only question that I had about your prior presentation is you were talking about collecting data and aggregating, and you used an acronym, and I didn't understand that. What, what is it that you were referring to? Or at least the end KPI. product of collecting that data, what are you trying to arrive at? Um, is it KPI that you're talking about? Our yeah, performance, yeah, yeah. Our performance indicators? It's really just understanding where, what are our goals, right? What are our metrics for success? Um, it's really building off of um, Commissioner Newman's question. So how do we measure success? Mm -hmm. um, I think our, again, I think our, our challenge right now is a lot of this is very new. And not just new to San Francisco, this concept of end-to-end -end across regulatory agencies is, is just different um, in general. But we wanna be able to look across and say this is how long it takes this size of a business to get, this size and type of business to get established or this size and type of construction project you know, with this type of encroachment and this, you know. So we have to have enough data and factors to be able to bucket up the experiences to then be able to say this is our North Star. This is where we're trying to, these are the targets that we wanna hit as a city, um, not just as an agency. Well, I would certainly like to bring you back at a future date when it's appropriate to talk about, you know, what, and it seems like the fall might be one of at least, and I'm not suggesting that you're gonna be anywhere, you know, have a complete vision, but it seems like that might be another milestone that you're shooting for, so if that's appropriate, we'd like, I would certainly could talk about this every month, but I, you know, I, I know that th it doesn't work that fast, but um, I think based on what I heard, the fall would be a good time to bring you back to understand, you know, how you've been able to advance this. Uh, yep, I, I think that's fine. I'd we, I think you'll also hear sort of whispers of the Permit Center come out through the department's updates, because uh, some of those projects will have some shared responsibility in them um, or ownership and so we're happy to come back uh, whenever you would like to have us back and your agenda permits it so just one last question so if DBI has their own platform on how they track permits so do the other departments too that you're trying to work with so that's the part that you're trying to tether all together exactly okay. Got it. I don't have any further questions if <laughs> do, uh, do my other fellow commissioners have that Thank you very much, and, and we look forward to you coming back. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Is there any public comment on item six? Good afternoon. My name is Jerry Durantler. I have a question. Can Permit Center customers pick their DBI plan checkers? 
has this bad practice been eliminated? This has been a historic DBI problem. Some contractors and developers developed improper relationships with specific plan checkers. These are the same DBI customers who undermined the implematic of what was called the Qmatic system a few years ago. Qmatic is the type of system used by the Department of Motor Vehicles to prevent what is called sweethearting. When you go to DMV, they don't let the customer pick the person who will give you the permit or the driving test. DBI put this control in for a very good reason. Thank you. Thank you. So uh, our current queuing system, uh, it's a company called Qlist, does not allow for a plan, we call, we call it plan shopping. You cannot pick your staff member any longer. Um, we also do not publicize staff rosters or schedules so that customer, a customer needs to get in line and they see whoever station they get called to, so hopefully addressing that problem. Is, is there any other public comment virtual? Thank you. We'll move on to item seven. Client services subcommittee update and discussion on implementation of the pre-plan review process and backlog. Good, good afternoon, President Beto, um, the rest of the commission. My name is Neville Pereira. I'm the Deputy Director of Permit Services at DBI. Um, so I'm here to uh, describe the, the process, the strategy, the, the goals of the pre-plan review process uh, for you. And then um, subsequent to that, I'll go over the, uh, the numbers that we brought to the commission uh, from a few meetings ago, um, actually the Client Services Commission uh, Committee, uh, a couple of meetings ago um, to help explain uh, how we measure, uh, how we measure a baseline for uh, current uh, projects in, in the DBI plan check system. So let's go to the next slide. So the goal, goal of the pre-plan check system is to enhance the quality of plan review um, and make it more efficient for both the customer and for, for um, internal plan review staff. Uh, we, we're going to do that by screening uh, plans before they come in uh, to help eliminate some of the, uh, the, the plans that are either don't have the right supporting documentation or that are not complete uh, for a complete review. This in turn will, will help uh, move the process, uh, the, the project through plan review and um, help get a more thorough review the first time around, hopefully uh, reducing the back and forth with uh, the customer. The, um, the next slide, please. We are going to do this in, uh, in a couple of ways. The, the entire process is going to be 
essentially to embed the plans examiners in the front, uh, in the front of the process. This is something that apparently DBI used to do um, back, way back, and uh, other, other uh, jurisdictions do very successfully. Um, so that when the plans come in, they get screened by the plans examiners, the people that do the, the work um, to check the plans. This is making sure that the, uh, the incoming plans are uh, complete. Again, um, they're of good quality. We, we expect plans to be at least 80% documents, you know, construction docs uh, for plan review. This is make sure that we, we have that. And then in addition to characterize the project, and I'll, I'll describe that a little bit later, um, the means by, with, by which we don't have just a, the binary um, uh, over-the-counter and in-house review, but we look at those in-house projects and then uh, s subsequently we uh, categorize those to be able to uh, prov provide internal efficiencies uh, as well as efficiency for the customers. And then lastly, to provide um, routing guidance. It is possible that a project comes in and by our uh, generic routing guidelines uh, may send a project to multiple review stations when they don't need to be there based on the plans. Quick example is that uh, a, uh, the, the public health um, um, review station may be added to a, uh, a project when um, there is no need for uh, or no element of public health in that in that project, and we'll just be able to um, intelligently eliminate that from the process. The second item on here is to create an independent inter internal network. Uh, or internal work streams um, to facilitate small and medium-sized projects um, ahead of large projects. So if you can imagine, currently uh, it's a first-come, first-serve uh, type of review for every, every project that comes into the, the back of the house. And so you may have, and these are assigned directly to the plans examiners uh, upon intake. So you may have a plan checker assigned several large projects, a, a couple of medium and, and, and you know, a few uh, small size projects at the tail end of that um, uh, that lineup. In addition, this plan checker may have some vacation scheduled or uh, some unintentional time off that would also um, further delay that individual that that uh, small project uh, behind all these other projects. This uh, system intends to address that, um, and I'll explain that a little bit later as well. And then, um, so, and then we'll reorganize the, the work assignments, uh, again, to take them off individual plan checkers from the onset. We'll keep projects in the, in the general queue and assign work on a weekly basis. This way that we can, you can reasonably anticipate that that, uh, that project gets, uh, gets reviewed within, that, within a certain specified amount of time. Um, the public will be able to see where they are in the queue, either through our website or uh, yeah, pr probably to our website. And this helps eliminate the, the constant uh, chatter that our plans examiners get. Where am I in the process? You know, how long will it take to get, uh, get to my plan? And so on and so forth. So hopefully allow them to be a little more efficient with their time. Excuse me, work. is there a slide deck that's supposed to be associated with what you're talking about? Or is there something yeah, that we're supposed to look at? Because I have something that's eight, nine pages. Is that, oh, is that it? Okay, just curious. Okay. Um, 
And then lastly, incorporate and prioritize rechecks into weekly assignments. Currently, um, the recheck wor workload is not part of our, um, our data analysis or, uh, or analysis of the backlog that we currently have. Uh, currently, this body of work is just essentially agreed to between the applicant and the plan checker, and it's, it's no way on any uh, measurable radar. Um, so we are going to be able to now incorporate this, um, this body of work into our, our workload. And so we all anticipate to do all of this um, starting June 30th, so July 1st. We've essentially agreed with the controller's office to start reporting data this way. So next slide, please. So the benefits of this is to help simplify, clarify, and provide more certainty uh, for the customer. They will know uh, coming in uh, at the time of submittal whether they have a complete uh, plan check. I mean, a complete submittal. Um, they will be, they will be uh, have the opportunity to talk with the plans examiner at that time, to, uh, and we will give them a list of uh, deficiencies in the plan set. And, and ask them to, to return back um, to, uh, before they they uh, they get a permit number. It will also speed review by reducing routing errors. As I said earlier on, we'll be able to eliminate some of those unnecessary routing uh, that are not part of the plans, and be able to give uh, guidance to the customers at the counter. Currently, we have a, a slew of customers that that apply for um, the site re site plan review process. Uh, incorrectly, and uh, what they end up doing later on is finding out what that entails, uh, and often entails more time for them, more effort. We'll be able to identify that up front uh, when they come in the door. We'll also be able to, uh, f for the colliery of that, be able to, to let them know that they have enough for a full plan submittal and be able to apply for a full permit instead of the site permit process, should they choose. Um, and then, um, like I said, make data-driven decisions about the resource allegation and, and, and plan prioritization. What this essentially means is that we will know up front what uh, level of effort is associated with that body of work. We'll know uh, part of the responsibility for the plan reviewers um, at the intake station is to be able to assign hours for that initial plan review for DBI. So if you can imagine if we have, say, um, you know, in, in our regular pipeline, we'll be able to quantify that there's about 3,000 hours in our, in our backlog. Given 30 plan checkers, that's about a, 100 hours per, per, um, per plan checker. And then based on that, we'll be able to, to reasonably anticipate how long a project will be able to get through the pipeline. Next slide, please. The new process uh, will be much the same as it is today. Um, the customer will be directed from the public information counter at the, at the first floor to the pre-plan check station. This is not uh, any different from what they are right now. It's the intake, uh, intake um, permit review pr uh, station um, where this, this uh, review will be done. So it doesn't really upset anything as far as the current process. Plans, plans examiners will, will co confirm at that station whether the application is complete, all the relevant uh, documentation is provided. Now again, part of this plan is to provide all of those checklists for the, the, the plan check requirements up front on our website. This is no secret. We want people to succeed the first time they show up at the counter. So 
uh, all of these checklists that the plan checkers will be using at the intake station will be available on our website. Um, determine which uh, city departments need to be re uh, part of the review cycle and then characterize that, that project based on the level of effort, the number of hours taken for DBI only. I want to state that we've, we've reached out to the other departments um, to, uh, to come on board with this process because it doesn't make sense for DBI to um, say that one project is, is a relatively easy level of effort when, say, Public Works, for example, is looking at extended review because then that sends a different message to the, the customer that, hey, how come you guys are quick and this, these guys are slow? You know, um, so we want to be able to know what exceptions there are uh, for other departments. Next slide, please. And then, um, much the same as it is today, DBI will then circulate the project, as you heard early on from uh, Rebecca Mayer, um, to other departments. The reviews will, will go concurrently. We internally in DBI are trying to push people uh, away from paper um, to electronic submittal. It's the, it's the natural um, choice to have concurrent review and to help expedite review for the customer. And uh, internally, at least uh, personally, uh, from permit services, we're looking to, to push people to electronic, um, total electronic submittal, hopefully by the, by the end of this, this calendar year. And then um, have DBI, uh, DBI's um, permit technicians monitor the, the, the project as it goes through the review process. Um, to make sure that those thresholds that I'm about to announce get adhered to. So if a, a plan review is getting to its, its time threshold, our permit techs will engage that department or that plan checker to let, let them know, hey, it's critical. You got about a week to get this out before you're, uh, you're late or you're, you're potentially, um, yeah, you're potentially beyond our threshold. Um, and then once the, uh, the, the permit has been approved by all departments, it goes through the regular permit issuance process. Next slide, please. So you've seen this uh, a couple of times, uh, some of you. Uh, this is our established levels of effort, uh, plan check categories that we set up, level one being over-the-counter, uh, where the review time is supposed to be uh, anything less than one hour. And we, we expect that project to be out within the same day, or at least the next business day. Level two is, uh, level two, three, and four are all in-house review. This is what I, I talk about, the, the calibration of uh, internal review, whereby level two is, uh, level of effort is between one and four hours. We expect to uh, send that out within 20 business days. Level three, between four and eight hours. Within 30 business days, we hope to get our initial review out to the customer, and level four is anything that's greater than eight hours of review. Um, we expect to get to the customer uh, within 40 business days. We probably uh, negotiate uh, something uh, for those specialty projects like high-rise buildings and so on and so forth that require peer review that will obviously be beyond the 40 days that, uh, that we've identified here. Essentially, level two and three and level one accounts for, uh, from wh what I know uh, anecdotally from our records, about 80, 90% of our work as far as volume. So we expect to uh, radically uh, change the expectation for about 90% of our work um, by this program. Next slide. Okay. So I'll stop there before going into my next presentation and take questions from so you do have another piece. You're presenting the 
another, yeah, on you the, have another slide? The there? numbers, okay. right, yeah. And I know I'm standing between you and lunch, so. You don't want to what? I know I'm standing between you and lunch. No, 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 no. <laughs> um, if you, do you want to continue on with the next, do you have questions my, for my fellow commissioners? Yeah, yeah, the next presentation uh, talks about the thresholds and, and that baseline, how we arrived at those numbers. Okay. I think I was looking for that while you were talking about this. So I would appreciate if you would move on to the next, because I think the visuals are okay. what's lacking. So if you want to continue on, I'm, I'm fine with that. So, well, okay. Can you that up? <clears throat> and we know that this goes into lunch, so we're okay. Okay, so this, this goes into a deeper dive on the levels of effort and what we have reported as far as our key performance indicators for, for DVI. Um, as I said earlier, the level, level one is over the counter um, and it, the goal is to, uh, to get these permits issued within two business days. Um, and as you may have heard, as we published, we've been, we've been meeting this pretty successfully. And you've heard that the, the over-the-counter uh, program is, is very successful here um, at the city and county. Level two, uh, the level two and three and four, like I said, are in-house review projects. And we're looking to get um, at least 85% of these types of permits out within the 20 business days um, that we, we publish. Um, the, the, that's our performance goal. Level three is 85% of um, projects that take four and eight hours, uh, and we hope to get those out within 30 business days, so six weeks. And then level four, um, uh, out within 40 business days, at least 85% of those projects, no volume. All right, and uh, you, you, some of you may, have, may know about um, Assembly Bill uh, 2234 um, that, that helps or, or requires thresholds of these these kinds to uh, to promote housing projects. Um, level two and level three essentially meet those uh, those goals. Again, the legislation's changing, so uh, we still don't know. Um, we may, we may modify this uh, to meet that assembly bill. Next slide, please. So when we did the baseline um, data just key to teed us up, uh, we were asked to, to look at how long it takes uh, all of these projects to get through the process today. Um, and, you know, to, as a baseline check for, um, for DBI so that we can see how our new, new program affects these outcomes. Um, in order to do that, we, we chose to use 2019 data so that um, this was the, the effects of the pandemic didn't affect the data. And so we just looked at, at raw data, understanding that our data is not clean. Um, a lot of this information was embedded in the scope of work. And so that's the reason why we, we, weren't, we didn't necessarily have a, a, large, um, a, a large test uh, data set. We, we, we only could look at 151 projects, uh, essentially what we could physically do within the amount of time that was allotted for us to get the data out. And what was done was uh, we were, uh, we, the plan check uh, staff were, uh, were, were given a list of projects that essentially identified the address 
um, whether it was a site permit or not, the form type and description and valuation and occupancy type. And based on these discrete pieces of information, we were, in, we were to imagine what, how much time it would take for us to review that. And then we would associate that project with a certain number of hours. And then based on that, we would aggregate that data as is shown in the next slide. You should go there, please. Okay. Um, so as reported last time, um, the, 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 the most notable characteristic that, was, uh, that popped out of us, at us was plan check category one, um, to top left, that showed that um, it was essentially took 43 days, um, let's see, uh, it, it, so it takes 43 days to get uh, to the building plan checker and then um, based on the statistics that I just gave you about the, the, the time for review, 20, 30, or 40 days, um, based on existing data, um, it shows how far off we are from that, that plan check statistic. That's what um, the, the right column um, shows. And I apologize, I don't have a pointer for you or anything like this. But um, so if, if you, um, so for plan check category one, category one, in our test data set, we had 67 projects. It took an average of um, 43 days to get to the plan checker. Well, how can that be? How can it take 43 days to get to uh, an over-the-counter plan checker? Well, the reason for this is that um, uh, in our data set, when, because we were looking at it blind, we didn't know that it was an over-the-counter project. We just looked at the description of work and determined that it was an over-the-counter over project. So based on this, um, there was a lot. There was some data in there that looked like it was over the counter, but it was actually submitted. So the data was skewed. It wasn't. It wasn't reviewed. Um, you know, in, in the expected amount of time. If I'll draw your attention, though, however, to the bottom line um, of the second uh, table here, where it says form type, form type eight. For the same amount of data, when we looked at the form type, a form eight is an over-the-counter project. By this, it, it shows that we were consistently less than the target of two, two, bus of two business days. So the, the form data proved out. It's just the, the way we looked at it blind did not. And um, you know, uh, our over-the-counter permits were defined as uh, form seven and eight. And as you can see on the lower table, Form seven and eight were consistently less than the two business days that we were expected. We were uh, most of our data, actually all of our data, showed that we were um, we were issuing these permits uh, the same day, less than the two business days that we expect. Okay, but uh, so this this um, process will ensure that uh, over the counter projects get um, get properly tagged. In fact, all of our data now going into the permit tracking system will have this identifier on it, and we'll, we'll regularly check to make sure all data is, is represented uh, with these uh, plan check categories. Okay, next slide, please. The one limitation of the, 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 the uh, baseline study with, that we did is that we, it was a relatively small sample set um, for, for the reasons stated earlier, and that the actual plans were not examined by the plan checkers. We only had a few days to get this information out and, uh, and aggregated, so we didn't review the plans. We just looked at the scope of work in order to, to 
to estimate the, the number of hours we would associate with that. Uh, and again, for the fifth time today, I'd like, like to recognize Megan for her, her uh, data analysis on this. Uh, it would not have been possible without her. So thank you. I'll now answer questions. Thank you, Deputy Director Neville. This is, um, this is coming from our subcommittee, uh, Client Services Subcommittee, and the level of thought and organization in these um, presentations is much appreciated. Um, so I know that you know the client services is a precursor to this. Uh, the fact that you're implementing this on June 30th is um, very encouraging. And the numbers that you've provided, and you provided them unfiltered to our subcommittee. And I think we were, we were enamored by that just because that it was so raw. But um, nevertheless, the transparency that you have, especially on slide deck number four, where you talk about the average days off, um, is helpful to see like how, how, how uh, DBI is holding themselves accountable, at least to a metric that they're trying to move towards. Um, I just want to ask you to go through on, if you don't mind pulling up slide deck four, going through the, the, these different categories. Like you said, category two, three, and four, and two, three, and four on your other slide deck um, is, well, wait, what is the category? So category two is between one and four hours worth of review, and right. we expect to get that out in 20 business days. Right. Um, Category three is between four and eight hours. Expect to get that out in 30 business days. Uh, category four out within 40 business days. So you're saying, in, except for OTC, it's like across the board, all these permits need, you know, DBI is, needs to work on some of these target reviews based on the averages, average overages that you're, you're uh, collecting data from and understanding that that data is only from 151. Correct. Looking at table, uh, sorry, if you could go back to uh, table um, slide four. So looking at table one, um, again, no, noticing the error in, in, in uh, plantship category one, which is over the counter, um, it shows on the, the rightmost column that between two, three, and four categories, uh, two, three, and four, we are between 15 and 49 days off of our targets off to, uh, that we expect to do today. So this is your baseline that you, you'll be uh, checking this on. Hopefully, we'll be meeting those targets. Um, so you have either zero or a negative number there going forward. Mm -hmm. Hopefully. At least 85%. <laughs> I mean, Commissioner Chu, I just have a couple more questions for him. I think one of the things about today's agenda that really highlighted, was highlighted for me, are the structural systems that both the permit center and DBI has to function on and the operational. And in the last year, because of you know the pandemic and the events of that, we were really focused on the operational, like personnel and things like that. Um, this is incredibly dry, but it's incredibly important um, that understanding how DBI operates structurally, like whether their business platform, I think, has just been illuminating and how you tie those things together. And I think that, to me, has been a really important part about today's agenda. So I'll, I want to recognize, so I just want to sort of state that, because I think that is something that we have to be able to parse and understand that some of the, pro the, 
that some of the challenges and the things that you're working towards, those two things have to work together. So I'll just say that now, and uh, I'm very encouraged, but looking forward to hearing what, when you implement this on June 30th, what, what this gleans for you. So I'd like to recognize uh, Commissioner Tu. You. Um, <clears throat> so thank you uh, so much for this presentation and for the thought. I have luckily been able to answer all of my questions about kind of the structure of this in the subcommittee and well, you know, but to hear what my other commissioners say. But I have, I, and, and I think that the plan is solid and you know, I think we um, will learn a lot going in, but there's been a lot of um, you know, work to, to get to this point and I wanna recognize that. Um, I'm excited about this project for, uh, for kind of, for, uh, on two different also issues. And one I did bring up in the subcommittee and I wanted to hear your thinking about it. I'll, I'll, I'll give you my, both my questions. They're unrelated, but you can answer them however you wish. One was, uh, one of the things that we've been kind of grappling with as a commission is, you know, the kind of, uh, un unfavorable history of some of the permanent expediters. And so I'm wondering when I see this data, I'd like to see it parsed out as, what had a per which projects had a permanent expediter and which didn't, and be able to, and then be able to like kind of look at the ones that didn't have a have a permanent expediter and see if we can solve some of the problems there. And so I'm wondering in that in in that in, in that initial intake, is it possible to find out to ask the question and have people find like say who you know do we have an ex expediter and who is it that we can so try and solve for the for if there are issues that are unique to people who aren't getting um, expediters. Okay, so I'll take a stab at this, and then um, Megan may jump in behind me and say, "No, yeah. it's wrong." But um, so we have the we have the connection in the database, right? So we have the ability to to at least show the category and show the corresponding uh, project sponsor or expediter or whoever. Uh, one of the one of the issues there is that uh, today permit expediters are supposed to register with yeah. us to let us know that they're there, and I, I gathered there were not altogether on board with that and or we need to get better at, at registering them so that we can capture a hundred percent of the expediting uh, community uh, but certainly we have the ability to look at those two data elements and be able to to run correlations and uh, and, and run reports on that honestly uh, in putting this t uh, this presentation together I gather um, if there was opposition to this, because this really makes it transparent for yes. the customer, yes. uh, that my, my, my potential opposition would be by that community that you know makes a living off of uh, the process. If I make it better, then <laughs> you potentially know, it's a all, conflict. There are always right? people who don't want to do it themselves and they want to hire yeah. somebody, but you know, we want that to be an option and not uh, a necessity. Sure. Thank you. And then my other question is, I'm very curious about this data and and the changes, making sure that they're captured in our fee assessment, because we're going to be doing a fee assessment next year. And I'm wondering, like, in that timeline, will you have a chance, I don't know, like, what is your, uh, I presume that you'll be kind of monitoring this on an ongoing basis, but is there kind of a point in time, maybe six months and nine months, and maybe it's not a question to be answered here, but I do want to make sure, like I think with the with the state implementation, with these changes, I, I wouldn't want the fee assessment to not, you know, kind of have the best data to look at, and so, um, 
maybe it's not a question, but a comment of making, wanting to make sure we capture this in when, when we do do our fee assessment and making sure there's kind of a, um, all the best data for that, um, for that assessment will be ready, um, including these changes, because it, it may, you know, it, it's not free. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, so so the, the answer to that is that we, we do a, a, a pretty good job in, in monitoring the amount of time that we associate to projects. Um, and that data all goes towards, you know, that, that fee assessment and aggregating that, that data. Um, this just provides us more accountability for the type of work that we do. Mm -hmm. And uh, when, I, when I brought this up to staff, um, you know, in the last couple of weeks, and especially today, there was a general uh, presentation to, to the staff that are going to be dealing with this on a, on a regular basis. I just told them, look, uh, th there, was, uh, there was just uh, opportunity in the past not, you know, to, to, to not have data. This, that's gone any, uh, right now. Everything uh, will have accountability. So when you, when you, you as a plan checker are, are, are checking this project, when you assign 30 hours to a 20, uh, for a 10-hour job that was assigned an estimator, you'll be accountable for that. You're going to have to talk to somebody why 30 hours instead of 10. And they were generally good with that. Thank you. Thank you. Commissioner Zimmer? Hi, thank you. Um, I had a question. Thank you. This is really great. I, I love all these um, ideas. The presentation was very helpful, and I think the whole process sounds really thoughtful, and I'm excited to see sort of where it goes. I was curious about the intake process, and you actually answered my initial question, um, that there will be the checklist, and when you get projects coming to intake, uh, they will be reviewed against the checklist, and it, you know, if, if the essential components are not there, it will be requested right away that they go get them and come back rather than taking the project in, then figuring all that out and basically taking a bunch of time for that, right? That, that's that's, that's the correct, of that. yeah. I was curious, um, I'm assuming this is just a checklist for a submittal of whatever project that's available on the website already? So we don't currently have it on our website oh, okay. already. Um, and they initially, initially will, there'll be a, uh, a residential and a commercial checklist. Okay. We were, you know, in, in light of our, our effort for a small business, we were looking at a change of use type of a checklist as well. And again, you're, you're having plan checkers looking at this so they can make a, 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 a judgment call right okay. there and then. If you don't quite fit the checklist, but we think, okay, yeah, it's really not not necessary in this yeah. particular case. So we want people to succeed, like I say. Yeah, no, I, I think, you know, so the Division of the State Architect, which is the uh, state agency that oversees public schools, I do a lot of public school work, they have an intake process and, you know, I think they try to do a similar thing. There obviously ends up, I think there's always difficulties with any process and there are sometimes, you know, um, I guess I'm saying the less subjective it could be, the easier it is to try to, here's the criteria beforehand, make sure everybody knows that, you know, then you get up there, okay, let's check and see that you met the criteria. I just, you know, there's, and you know this already, you know, there's, there's less frustration the more communication, basically. Correct. And, and again, um, you know, alluding to the, the, the pen, pending legislation, they actually put us in a position of, of formalizing that. They're, they're actually asking all building departments now to produce that, that checklist for, for folks. So. I think that'll be really yeah. helpful. And then 
and troubleshoot the, the things that arise based on <laughs> based on I mean based on a lot of this, which I'm sure you know it, 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 the whole thing's a process. But um, I think oh, I had one more question that I might have lost. Oh, I was curious. The um, the slide four that we kept referencing, you don't need to bring it up, but um, you know that where, where you did your breakdown, I know that was based on the 151 projects, not not maybe an example of you know fully capturing what what the real overages might might be, but you know 15 to 49 days um, potentially that some of these projects are over what we would target. Is there strategies to, you know, so you're reducing them. In, in your mind, is it mostly just bringing awareness to those targets that is going to reduce that? Or is there a change in the way that staffing is done or change in the way that um, the actual process works? Yeah, so all of the above. It, it is uh, awareness for one, definitely making sure that when the, the, the project's assigned, that the customers, oh, sorry, the, our plantic supervisors and our, our staff know where they are. If they're assigned at, you know, at 30 days, as I say, t uh, 10 days in and, and it's due at 20 days, they know they have 10 days to get it out. And hopefully we're, we're not, hopefully we're not plan checking to those thresholds. We're checking to just get it out, right? Um, and then, um, I'm sorry, the second part of that, um, Commissioner Summer, was? Uh, just if there's any changes to the process. Oh, staffing, yeah. yes. Uh, yes, there, there, there will be. So. I'm currently looking at our, our, the way we uh, we manage plan check. We have four teams, and the, these teams are fairly, um, I mean, they're, they're fairly general. We don't have any specialty teams. Uh, I've been toying with the idea of, of creating a specialty team for uh, priority projects, legally mandated priority projects like ADUs and Prop H projects and so on and so forth. That's something we may try with this uh, and rotate people out so everyone gets a good feel for that. Um, that's 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 one of several several things that that we, uh, we we will be looking at, and actually there's there's um, there's a phasing of things as as I've rolled out this idea to um, to Director Ruiz and um, Assistant Director Gasparic and, and staff, uh, we we we're phasing the implementation of this somewhat. So um, so the, the, a, a few things that we, we we're looking at is. Initially, we were looking at having over-the-counter projects screened as well. That's something we're going to we're going to hold back on just because of technical limitations, this volume. Let's make sure it works for this discrete number of, of permits right now. We we're also looking at bringing rechecks into the um, into the the fold. Like I said earlier on, that will uh, not be implemented probably uh, July 1st. Um, just again for staffing reasons. Um, it's a, it's, a, it's a tremendous body of work that's coming into a very small group right now, so we're going to face that. Um, and then the ability to uh, publish the queue, like I said, we're, we're, we're currently working to get that done. We just don't know how that's going to be done yet. We, we just list Planchik numbers, uh, you know, in the order is received within each queue, and then show how your Planchik number is progressing on a weekly or daily basis towards the front of that queue. Uh, or do we just publish that we are now checking at this date? If you filed at this date, we will get to you this week, probably something like that. So, all of the above. Yep. Awesome. Thank you. I have a couple of commissioners' Q and then an MQ. Sure. I actually just is in-house level one, level two. Is that the is that the the name now? No, it's level. <laughs> it's level or four. Or in-house. It's category. Well, it, it, we, we, we're we using had that discussion uh, about okay. the. 
the name. Oh, category or level, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so it's, you know, I, I use those terms inter uh, interchangeably. interchangeably. Uh, but the higher the number, the, the, the longer, longer it takes. takes I have one question, like, explain the form type again. I know what the categories are, but the form type, one to eight. Um, okay, I'm going to page ask on your. I'm, ask, I'm going to ask for Megan to come and help me on that oh, one. Oh, okay. Oh, this is a data. Is I'm this a data? New. Is this a data term? I know formats over the counter, but everything else. So form types are associated with the processing types. So form eight, uh, form four, those can all be processed over the counter, meaning you come in and do your work that same day. Um, forms one, two, three, um, five and six are not included here, but one and two are new construction. Uh, one is not wood frame, two is wood frame, and three is um, alterations and repairs. So it's not like a starting from scratch type building. So it's really, um, for the most part, it's dividing them by OTC and not OTC, but a form one and two, those are going to be brand new buildings. Let's repeat that last part. A form one and two is going to be brand new buildings. Okay. Yeah. Maybe like a legend to accompany this deck, that would probably be helpful. Yeah. Um, I don't, do my fellow commissioners have any other questions? I, I think this is a good presentation, especially the last several months on this subcommittee so i appreciate this and i think you know i would continue to bring this back on the deck to see what updates we have but thank you this was a very uh thoughtful presentation and thanks for all the work you put into it thank you very much thank you is there any public comment on item number seven good afternoon my name is jerry drentler I'm encouraged by this presentation. Um, I served on the civil grand jury who wrote the 2012-13 report that was pretty critical of DBI. And I can tell you personally, um, the systems that are being used today haven't changed in the last 10 years. So it's not a COVID problem. Um, data and performance transparency are a great step forward and will certainly build the public's trust in DBI. Um, permit ex expediters currently need to register with the Ethics Commission only if the expedite permits greater than a million dollars. However, that database could be useful to DBI. Um, I'd like to address another current weakness. Site plans approved by the Planning Commission or over-the-counter are not available when the plans are in the plan check backlog. So um, this prevents the public from looking at the site plan if they weren't involved. If the project had to go to the Planning Commission, they might be able to see it. And, then, and they can't see it until after it's issued. So the only recourse for the public then is to file an appeal with the Board of Appeals and challenge the issuance of the permit. And that is certainly wrong. So the obvious solution that was mentioned is to digitize all site plans. Um, and that raises the question, when you're looking at fees, maybe there needs to be a higher fee schedule for paper because it's costing DBI money to do it. And that also would certainly incentivize the behavior you want to achieve. Thank you. Thank you for your comment. Is there any virtual? General or comments? No comments? 
Thank you. So we'll move on to item eight. Do I read eight and A and B at the same time? Okay. Item eight, commissioners, questions and matters, 8A, inquiries to staff. At this time, commissioners may make inquiries to staff regarding various documents, policies, practices, and procedures which are of interest to the commission and 8B, future meetings, agendas. At this time, the commission may discuss and take action to set the date of a special meeting and or determine those items that could be placed on the agenda of the next meeting and other future meetings of the Building Inspection Commission. The next regular meeting of the Building Inspection Commission is July 20th, 2022. I have a combined question that's eight, eight and B. It's a question about if, uh, an agenda item. Are, are we prepared to talk about the strategic plan and put that on the agenda for next month? Uh, I think we need a little bit more time, President Beto, uh, okay. to provide an update on that. Okay. Uh, I think at some point in the future soon we'd like to get that on there. Yes. Um, I can we can we can we talk about can we do 8B as well? I, I'm assuming so, just because you post it. Uh, add uh, EG22, the bulletin about the uh, firescape, and then uh, I believe that uh, the website, the um, the revisions or the updates to the website, and maybe a walkthrough with the commissioners would be. So it's something I, th I think that next month we can do. Yes. Those are all my agenda items for 8B. Oh, um, Commissioner Toot. Thank you. Um, I also have one question to staff and one agenda item. Uh, my question to staff is, um, do we have a timeline for when we'll be able to see a report or the report be issued on the, Bur on the um, Bernie Curran uh, projects? I uh, don't have uh, any timelines right now. I probably should defer to the city attorney in regards to that since it's a, a criminal okay. matter. Yeah. Oh, uh, Deputy City Attorney Rob Kapp, I actually w was not um, sure of the public comment on that matter about a report. I don't know if we uh, determined that the audit would lead to a report or a timeline on that, but certainly the audit and the checking of permits is, is ongoing. Um, and actions on properties that have issues are taken as appropriate in consultation with the city attorney's office. Mm -hmm. But I am unaware of a, of a specific report that the city attorney's office or the department has, has promised on that. I'm, I'm sure it would be after um, wrap-up of the audit and any enforcement mechanisms after that. Yeah. If it's possible, even if it has to be in closed session for the commission to at least I understand that these things are sensitive and when the lawsuits happen that, you know, I, I you know, understanding in, in that all whole context. If there is something that when we get to the conclusion, um, even to say that it has been done <laughs> or in like what was done without, you know, giving out specific information or um, a closed session, I, I, I would welcome that. Would it be useful, Commissioner, if we provided an update on where we are with the audit? Would that I think that would be yeah. great. So status is status without specific. That yeah. seems reasonable. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. 
And my agenda item was just I went, um, a couple months ago we had, I don't remember which month, I think maybe May, we had some um, public comment around permitting and greening of existing buildings. And I know that we had talked about hearing from the department of what, you know, what, what the actions were um, that we've already undertaken and then seeing if there are, you know, possible action items um, or collaboration with the departments and other commissions uh, on issues of greening existing buildings. Commissioner Toot, I think I added to that um, that request was that we wanted to hear from DBI the you know green building code, the updates to the code, the initiatives they already have in place, electrical code, because I think that's because the the presentation is some, somewhat like proprietary. It's to the specific organization. I think we need to make it more um, uh, holistic and generic so that it's really dealing just if you if we have questions about what is DBI doing to implement sustainability measures. I think that's what one of the things that you wanted to, to me that was a priority, not just from the perspective of this of that presentation. I agree. There were some specific questions that were raised in the presentation that I think we, I'd like to hear just a, a, a yes, this is us and this is what we're doing, or no, this is not us, that was misinformation and this is where it goes. You know, there are some kind of things that were brought up and I'm happy if it's appropriate to maybe work with you, President Vito, and the director to kind of weed through that, um, because I, uh, of course, um, a, a DBI-focused presentation is the most, makes well, the most sense. If, you have, if we have specific questions to DBI, that would make it their job a lot easier, besides the update, which is which is something they could probably provide fairly yeah. easily, but if you have specifics, that, that specifics would just make their job easier to understand what your uh, questions are and what they'd need to look, uh, look into. Yeah, we're happy to work with the commission on that. We can, um, through Neville, of course, we'll be working with our technical services group in regard to maybe what the significant changes to the code are and how we're uh, advancing our efforts in regards to the green building code and, and uh, things such as that. So we can definitely look at that to you. Thank you. We'll put that on yeah, the next uh, agenda. Say, uh, Deputy City Attorney Rob Kaplan, and I, I just I'd like to chime in here as an uh, area of personal interest. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, as you can imagine, our building codes and the interlocking system of, of how we regulate both buildings <coughs> that are undergoing alteration versus brand new construction versus city-owned buildings, there's a, a lot of different ways in which codes can be updated <coughs> to improve um, green efficiency and design. And generally, the Department of Environment is tasked with finding uh, ways to coordinate all those different issues, and then they work with the Department of Building Inspection implementing then the ones that would go into our codes that we enforce. Um, and Department of Environment generally takes the lead on the Green Building Code, <coughs> which is actually undergoing some revamping in terms of municipal buildings coming up and what the requirements are for our new municipal buildings. Um, we also have the Building Code, which as you know is all new construction, and then there's the Existing Building Code, which are codes that would update existing buildings. It's uh, hard when you talk about our current building code is our building code as it exists right now. The existing building code is the current existing building code. Um, and whether there would be changes there. Um, so I would suggest that we probably ask the Department of Environment to give a, a, a heads up on efforts they're taking and, and DBI and how we work with the Department of Environment on initiating those. Agreed, yeah. Thank you, Ralph, for bringing that up. Uh, I think that they are definitely integral to the conversation for sure. Thank you. Thank you for the suggestion, Commissioner Toot. Commissioner Epler? Thank you. Um, yeah. 
question for the department. When would it be an appropriate time to get an update on soft story compliance and enforcement? Um, I think we, we can probably have that for you fairly quickly. I, I don't see why it couldn't be um, available for our next meeting. I mean, it's, it's basically it's, it's data in regard to where we are with compliance and our, our tiers of compliance. Um, I guess that, so that gets me to 8B then. Um, it looks like we may be a little busy next month, but if we could agendize that for August, um, I'd appreciate it. I think Commissioner Epler, if we could fit it in, we can. So, I mean, we'll we'll parse it out. I don't think uh, I'm looking around. Do my other fellow commissioners have any of that? Thank you, Madam Secretary. Okay. Is there any public comment on eight agenda item eight? Any virtual comments? No public comment on item eight. We'll move on to item nine, which is review and approval of the minutes of the regular meeting of May 18th, 2022. Motion to approve the minutes. Is second. there a second? I have a motion to approve the minutes by Vice President Tam and a second by President Beto. Um, do we do a roll call vote? Okay, I'll do a roll call vote on item nine. President Beto? Yes. Vice President Tam? Yes. Commissioner Alexander Toot? Yes. Commissioner Epler? Yes. Commissioner Newman? Yes. And Commissioner Summer? Yes. Uh, the motion passes unanimously. And we is there any public comment on item nine? In-house or virtually? Seeing no comments, public comment, we'll move on to item 10. Adjournment. Is there a motion to adjourn? Motion so to adjourn. Second. <laughs> One at a time, please. <laughs> motion by Motion by Epler, Commissioner Epler, and second by Commissioner Alexander Toot. Thank you. It is 106. We are adjourned. <laughs>